I had a really weird dream last night. And I swear, I didn't do peyote buttons before I went to bed. You may not believe that by the time you get to the cue music. My wife and I were in a hotel, giant hotel, and we were trying to get to the casino in the hotel. And we're walking and we're walking down hallways and taking these giant weird elevators where you step on the elevator and you're outside. And the elevators are these man-made landscapes that collapse into a flat floor as you step on. Okay. And you go where you're going. So I'm on the elevator at one point and this man is pushing a big cart full of poker chips, $20 chips, a whole bunch of $20 chips. And inside was more. And I said, man, somebody had a good day on the, on the floor. And he said, yeah, these are my son's winnings. Each one of these chips is worth $2,900. And I, I didn't ask. <laughs> In my mind, I'm thinking, boy, they must have changed the way casinos work since I was here last time. So we got off the elevator. And we were supposed to be golfing. And Lynette says, you know, it's Sunday and you haven't golfed at all. And I said, I know that's frustrating. And right then a lady walks up to us and she says, by the way, so everybody knows the reason why the tournament got canceled was because all the celebrity golfers were killed in a train wreck. And the whole crowd, including me go, Oh, okay. So just a short time after that, I completely crapped my pants and was now running around looking for a place to change of what Lynette to go back to her room and get me some clothes. And she goes, no, I want to go to the casino. So somebody fires a shot. I don't know who shot who or why, but the, a revolver falls on the floor and Lynette picks it up as she's backing up into the elevator. And she looks at it and goes, oh, bam, and fires a shot shoots a lady in the hallway in the foot who is now laying on the ground screaming with a bullet wound right through her sock. But I can't mess with this because I just crap my pants and I'm looking for a place to go. So I get back on the elevator. When I come out of the elevator, I'm not in the casino. I'm not in a hotel. I'm in a 17th century fishing village. I feel it's like a black and white English movie about a 17th century fishing village. And they were no longer waiting for golfers, dead golfers to show up. They were waiting for the remains of pirates that the town wanted to take revenge on. But now they can't because all the pirates are dead. And that's how the dream ended. I'd forgotten about crap in my pants. That seemed to have passed. And people were pulling these boxes of ashes that belonged to the dead pirates off a wagon. And the dream ends. So if you know how to interpret dreams please hit me up in the comment section and let me know if I should be seeking therapy. Welcome to the Political Party Pooper Playbook. And if you thought all we did was sit around thinking up ways to poop on empty suit politicians, well, you'd be half right. Yeah, we'll, we'll start right now. Uh, welcome back to the P4B. Uh, we have a special program today, a specifically a political program. I've been forbidden by parties to bring up politics of any kind, which is good. We need a change now and then, you know. When this will be a week when Matt Jordan isn't yelling at you about something going on in the world. There it is. Yep. But uh, my guest is James Cock. He's... Cox, he's the uh, host of When Words Fail, Music Speaks. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, James, as soon as I read that title, I put you on the list of guests that I was going to ask, I was going to invite on. And I did almost no background on you at all. But I thought this would be interesting. Mm. <laughs> Whatever yeah. this guy's got going has got to be interesting. Um. But I did do a little research today, little uh, uh, little show prep. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, 
as far as music goes, what is it about music? Do you have a musical background or a musical family? So my granddad, uh, Sam Toller, he was a guitarist. Or well, I don't oh. think he was in any band. Um, he tried to have his songs made or 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 um, you know, published, but nothing came to came to fruition there. Um, my son, my my uncle plays guitar, played guitar. Um, as I told you, my um, my my granddad did, and several of my cousins did. And we have we do have a family um uh family fun 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 secret is uh Ike Turner. You remember Ike Turner from uh, like the Tina Turner years and everything. Yeah. My yeah, granddad yeah. taught him how to play guitar. So, no so that's our, yeah, that's our family uh you know same thing. We but yeah, Ike Turner. Wow, awesome. Okay. So how did you how did you come by the idea for for your podcast? Because it's an interesting title. Yeah, yeah. Because okay, so I start. I've had seven seven podcasts in the in the, in the past, and none of them worked. You know, and I felt that 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 I needed someone to um, go against. You know, kind of talk back and forth to. You know, because all my other podcasts was me. Um, so my friend Mark and I went out. Um, at Starbucks one day, and he said, "Well, James, you know a lot of a lot about music and and a me and music, and you you've been podcasting. Why don't you combine them two? I'm like, you know, that's not a bad idea, you know. So then, um, I found a a co-host, um, Blake Mosley, which we call Emo Bimo or um Brosley on the show, you know, just for fun." <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we just have a great time talking about music and, uh, we, okay. So this podcast is mainly for the viewers or the listeners, you know, cause we never want anybody to feel the way we do when we, when we're depressed, you know, music helps with depression and anxiety. And so we just, we just want them to feel good for about however long our past episodes are. Mm-hmm. And you've had some pretty good guests on. I, I, had, I yeah. went I went through a string of some of your uh podcasts this morning. And uh like you had like the 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 sound guy for the Foo Fighters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get him? So um I don't know if you know of Podmatch. Um podmatch.com. Uh, Podmatch. Uh no, I I'm using a different service, but yeah. Yeah, but Podmatch he he actually found us. You know, now that we're growing and getting bigger, we've had um, a lot of artists come to us about you know wanting to come on, and he wow. and yeah, and yeah, one of the one of the many many ones like that. that I Man, I, I need to have that kind of luck. Have somebody like that asking me to come on. <laughs> yeah, but see, I we we really never really um, thought that this would happen. You know, because mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you saw it, but we, but we interviewed Leland Scalar. A bass player yeah. for like fourteen thousand songs, you know, back in track. And we've had Scott Page from Pink Floyd, um, Yogi Watch from Demon Hunter. So it's a really it's a really yeah. fun time, you know. Really fun that time. That must be fascinating to get with people like that. My biggest guest so far was Patricia De Janeiro. I don't know if you caught that show. Um mm. she is a college professor and an advisor. Her her resume is as long as your arm. And right now she's the go-to for NATO on Balkans policy. Wow. Okay. She's she's a heavy hitter. So I was yeah, I was tickled pink to have her on. Blown away, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I've asked Peter Zahan to come on. You gotta check him out. He's fascinating. Okay. But he's huge. He does like 179 appearances a year. He does a mini podcast almost every day. He's on a book tour. So I think the odds of getting them are pretty slim, <laughs> right. but I had to take a shot. Yeah. I mean, but anything could happen because um, I reached out to Ripper Owens, which was the lead singer from Judas Priest. I got him. I mean, all, all I did for him was Facebook message him, you know, you know, and he, and he jumped my... Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. He's my list. Um, Cause many, Many times I go through Instagram and Facebook just to get the artists, you know, and, uh-huh. and most of 
I, I gotta go through the PR, you know, and that's that's that whole thing, that whole process, you know. Is it is it sometimes involved to get certain people on that you really want to get on? Yeah, like um, like the like the um, like the, the like like the more well known people, you know, like Air Churches and and uh, Garth Brooks and uh, mm-hmm. like like higher end people. You have to go through steps. You got to go through their PR, and I think they want um, at least like thirteen thousand lessons for them to, them to even come on the show. Wow. Um, but sometimes, sometimes um, they're like, "Yeah, let's go." You know, you know, it doesn't it, it, it doesn't matter how many downloads you have to them. You know, they just want to come on. You know. Yeah, I'm. I am brand spanking new. I mean, yeah. I I jumped in. And probably my listeners are getting tired of hearing this story, but I did a 10 for 10. A guy named Hutchins was a huge businessman, had built and sold all kinds of businesses. He was CEO and stuff. And he jumped into podcasting, but he did a market analysis. And he found out if you do 10 podcasts in 10 weeks, every week, real ones, not just look at my puppy, but real stuff, you are in the top 4% of producers in terms of con of of quantity you're in the top four percent so i thought that'd be a good experience so i did it twice simultaneously in 10 weeks i did two sites 10 for 10 nice and it it was brutal because you know you got the newsletter you got the podcast got to edit all the video and audio uh then you try to network and i was morning noon and night sitting in this chair yeah but yeah, I made totally it. Difficult. Yeah, right. Because it's totally difficult, you know, doing it all by yourself. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And I do most of the work on on our show because even though I have a, I have um like a co-host, um, he's going through his his own, um, his own life, and sometimes he can't make it for the interviews, and you know, so so it, so it evens out, you know. So yeah, mm-hmm. but 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 I totally understand that it takes a lot. You know, yeah. for one person do you, to do it. Do you do your own editing? I do. I do. I do all my editing on on Audacity. It's free and it's super easy to do. So I I have Audacity. I had trouble loading it, so I do uh, Easy Audio. Works like a champ. You know, yeah. it, it just yeah. slides right through. My son does a podcast for his uh, mortgage company. Oh, nice. And he has editors, so him and his buddy from years back get together every week or two, record their crazy stuff. You know, sometimes it's business, sometimes it's just telling stories about the old days. And then they blast out the content to some other dude. He does all the editing. He dresses it up real nice. He puts it out to to all the, the podcast outlets. All done for him. Yeah. But... I don't have that kind of cash laying around. Yeah, we're not we're not a, a big company yet, but hopefully we will be. You know, so we can hire more more people yeah. to do Instagram and Facebook, and you know, get 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 our name out. You know, yeah, following the trends, watching watching the show develop the way I did. Right, I'd say I'd say your future is bright, brother. Oh yeah, yeah, because I because I have a vision of a of a big building. Um, you know that I do my podcast have people come to be interviewed at at the building, and then in the back we could have like like a, like a studio session, like like a studio, you know, where right. people can come and record, play live. You know, that's my ultimate goal. You know, but just just getting started takes a lot. You know, and I'm mm-hmm. and I'm sure you understand that too. Yep, yep. Right John. now, I'm I'm in my living room. Sometimes I record in. My grandchildren's bunk room. <laughs> right. Oh, no. I mean, anywhere you can, you know? Yeah. I, I would like I would like to have maybe a part of my wood shop converted to a studio. Yeah. You know, hang some sound curtains. You know, maybe put the green screen or just use the, the shop as a background. It should look pretty cool. Right. But getting back to the uh, to the name. What what inspired the name? When words fail, music speaks. What what is the listener yeah. to take from that? 
Yeah, okay, so I, but I, well, now I know that it's a, it's a, it's a well-known thing. But back then, I was, I was watching a YouTube video of, um, of a, uh, I don't know if you heard of, of the uh, MTEO rap. It, it no. was a trio back in the 90s. Oh, I, I, I'm a 90s kid. I was born in 19, 1980. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> the host of the, uh, of the interview, you know, the interviewer asking some, some kids when they came out of the, um, a meet, of like a concert. What does music mean to you? And one girl said, when words fail, music speaks. I'm like, oh my God, that's it. That's the name for my podcast. Loves to go, you know? So, and I think that that's more true now more than ever because, I mean, um, words can fail you sometimes, but music never does, you know? It's all there for you, you know, morning, night. I do use the term language fails often. But, yeah. but it has to do with not something inspirational, but something frustrating, you know? Right. When somebody says something so stupid, all you can do is freeze. I say, well, language fails. I don't know how to deal with that, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think me can fail you because I, I've um, I've heard stories. Of, oh, my, um, one of my favorite episodes that I've done was with Bill Pratsman, P-R-O-T. Z Z M E N. Um he he's a pianist. And um it went uh, like he was on the verge of of suicide until he heard until he heard one song and it totally took him, it took him out of that, you know, idea and he's like, you know, making very very good music now. So he's yeah. He's a testament to, you know, the the term music speaks. You know for sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, what what music? I mean, I I I saw a lot of eclectic stuff today, and, and I'll get to that in a minute. It was, yeah. it was a pretty cool odyssey this morning. But what music speaks to James? I mean, let's say you're having one of those days. You feel rotten. You don't care what people say. Nothing helps. What kind of music takes you and lifts you out of that? Country. Country music, man. Country music has always been with me since birth. Um, my mom and dad always play country around me all the time. Uh, they even took me to to a Bush Gardens way back when. Um, and a Bush Gardens, I'm not sure if you know it, but a Bush Gardens had the uh, had concerts every every week or every every other week. You know, big mm-hmm. stars. You know, like Ronnie Cash and Judd and Mandrell and yeah, yeah, and uh, Jimmy Wynette. And I yeah, saw you are a nineties kid, aren't you? I am, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I saw all of them, but I don't remember seeing Johnny Cash. But my mom and dad said I, I did see Johnny Cash. So that's one, that's one thing I can say about me. Is I, I, I saw Johnny Cash. I don't remember him, but yeah, but I did. Yeah, but country music is is my go to music for pretty much everything. You know. Yeah, I go in and out of country. My biggest, uh, my my biggest dive into country music wasn't a real country band. It was the Outlaws. It was Waylon Jennings and and Willie Nelson. Did, did you ever hear the story about how that album came to be, the first one? Uh, a Nashville Nashville record, sto- record uh, studio where a lot of these guys recorded some of their stuff and just left it. It was never published. It was just left there. Yeah. And they were brainstorming on how to create some extra bucks and extra buzz around their label. And I believe it was a receptionist or a, uh, uh, an accountant, somebody not involved with the music side at all says, you know what? You've got a lot of files laying around mm-hmm. music files. Just what could you make of them? Yeah. So they created the first outlaws album. My heroes have always been cowboys. Uh, right. Uh, a lot of other Big tunes, Whalen and Willie became Whalen and Willie with that album. <laughs> and they they actually toured as if as if the Outlaws was a real thing. It was pretty impressive. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like the album. I, I listened to it when I was on a cruise in 81, I listened to it all the time. Right. Yeah. That's interesting because um uh well Willie Nelson is a is a verb. I 
I'm pretty sure he's maybe pushing like 90 or something, but you know, or or something like that. But uh, yeah, because um, I remember listening to you know William Merle Haggard, Chris Chris Hofferson, and well, Chris Chris Hofferson's more known for his movie sound and music, you know, right? Which is odd because he's a real good musician. He wrote um, like yeah. 300 hits or something, right? He just he didn't I, write yeah. always for himself. It was usually for somebody else. Yeah, it's the same thing as Chris Simpleton. I mean, he, I mean, he wrote like a lot of songs for other people, and then and then like like three years ago, he decided to branch out and and start singing on his own. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting. He's an interesting guy. Excuse me, and a Rhodes Scholar, from what I understand, Chris Christopherson, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, the um, okay, so definitely country. Um, I think, well, I'm a Philly boy. Okay. So if I need motivation, you know, Rocky music. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'll rock, do it every time. I, I, rock is my second favorite genre of all time. I love rock and roll, you know. Yeah. ACD. I was talking about Rocky. Rocky, the, oh, okay. the boxer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. If, if yeah. you grew up in the 70s in Philly, that's your music. I mean, that's it, man. Yep. It's like I, Godfather. You know every word to, to the entire dialogue. Right. But yeah. uh, that music's a gas. But I also, I have like a, I'm really eclectic when it comes to my right. music. Right. Uh, my favorite sound in the universe is Claire de Lune. Are you okay. familiar with that tune? I am not. I am not. It's a piano. It's written for piano originally. It's often done by, uh, well, I listen to it on a synthesizer. It doesn't matter. It's the, song that plays at the end of Ocean's Eleven when they're all looking at the water fountain. Okay. Take notice of that next time you watch yeah. it. Yeah. But my dad used to play it on the piano when we were little to put us to Ooh. sleep. Yeah. Uh, love- so that that song gets me every time. The, oh yeah, this morning. That's right. I wanted to talk to you. I, I went through and uh, sampled a lot of stuff you were talking about and people you were talking with. Um, you featured uh, in one of your discussions, uh, Fry McDunstan. Yes, I just interviewed him this, this, this last week, but the episode came out um, yesterday, I think. He's pretty good. Yes, he he's fantastic. Well, I, I went through a couple of songs, and uh, uh, I have not looked at music videos for decades. Literally, right. I've not any you know, I thought they stopped making them. To be honest with you, yeah, right, <laughs> but. A lot of the, uh, like the Smashing Pumpkins and Wheatus and um, McDunstan, mm-hmm. they have really, really cool imagery that goes with right. their music now. Right. Yeah. Does that help? Is is that big in the industry that you have to be able to produce that with your music now? I think it's more, it's about um, what is in the actual song as opposed to imagery um, because way back in the 80s and 90s you had all this imagery um, and of course you got some, some of the imagery in, um, in the Oscars and the um, Grammys now but for me it's not about the imagery as much as messing within the song you know mm-hmm. oh, by the way, to- I'm sorry go- I-, I was about to say um if at any time you want to take off on a tangent, by all means, you know, oh, okay. Okay. I, yeah. I really, I really want to dig inside your head and find out what makes it tick. So, so feel <laughs> free. All right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. imagery is, is not, um, I, I think it's not needed for music. For me, it's, it's about words and lyrics and how, how motivated you will become, um, when you hear them. Cause with me, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not more of a, like an imagery kind of guy, you know. It, imagery doesn't doesn't motivate me, you know. Words, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I find um, I like all kinds of music, just about every genre, but very few songs from each. And my wife asked me a long time ago, "Why are you so picky?" And what it comes down to is, I find doesn't matter what. You know, hip hop, rap, rock, country. If the music took discipline, 
yes. and work to create, I'm probably going to like it. Right. Yeah. You know, if it's if it's just hammered out crap, I'm not going to like it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and there are some crap crap songs like there, like um, uh, Cardi B. And I've been old and uh, you know, I mean, I don't need to hear them talk about their their female parts. I don't need to. Right. Know, I don't right. need to know about them, you know. And uh, and I'm not sure if you heard the song W A P Wow, but that's that's pure crap to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other songs that I can't think of right now. But yes, I I used to be very very picky. Um, there was a time when I got out of country and focused mainly on rock and metal. Um, thanks, thanks to my mom, you know, for that because, um, she bought me my first cassette, um, heavy metal cassette, and that was yeah. the Metallica Black album, you know, because it wow. was her fault that she bought me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And since then, I used to listen to nothing but rock and metal and Metallica. I used to be yeah. all about Metallica, and she used to get real mad at me. She's like, "Why don't you listen to anything else?" I'm like, "Cause this is no good," you know. I mean, Metallica Black album like like skyrocketed them into the into the stratosphere, you know. But it was yeah, um, but it wasn't until after college that I started branching out and listening to like rock, rap, jazz, country, mm-hmm. and uh, and Americana um, music. And I think if you're more, I think if you're open, <laughs> oh, sorry. I think if you open them, open them more to to music, um, you can't be uh, that judgmental anymore, you know, because if you don't like a song, one song from somebody, you might like two songs from them, you know. Yeah, Yeah. music is always subjective, you know. I mean, well, there there are groups, there are groups that, by and large, I dislike most of their stuff, but every once in a while they get some wood on it, and it's really, really good stuff. Right. But uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, Foo Fighters. That, Foo Fighters, great I, I I pinged on that from one of your uh, one of your interviews. They're a group like that. Yes, mostly yeah. they they their stuff is is too. Well, it's not grunge. It's a little more sophisticated well, than that. You know, it's more, but, rock. You know, it's more rock now. You know, because Nirvana yeah. Nirvana was grunge. You know, when when David Grohl was in Nirvana way back when, and I yeah. was just um. I was just uh, listening to uh, Nirvana um, last night. Um, majorly, the Bleach album, you know, the first album. Um, and they recorded that with Chad Channing, their original drummer. And I thought he was fantastic, you know. And then Dave Grohl came later on. But mm-hmm. you're right. Um, I find that the Foo Fighters' first album, first, second, and third album was great. You know, and then they all they they took a dive, you know, and I don't know why I did, you know. It seems like seems like the their um their first three albums is like it's like masterpieces and then and then something happened and you know, their their other albums aren't aren't as um listenable for me. Mm-hmm. You know? And that and, and that could be said for like like any band, you know. I mean Black Sabbath, you know. I I love those years, mm-hmm. but I love 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 the uh, Rodney James Dio years. You know, yeah. The Humanizer, one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah, uh, lo- longevity, longevity is difficult. You have yeah. to, you have to maintain your identity. You have to maintain the brand you built, but at the same time, you got to know your audience. That's where Foo Fighters has come through. Right. Is I watched. Just just off of your queue this morning, I watched uh, like 20 years of their stuff. Right, yeah. And you see them change, and certain aspects of their music change. Um, it gets a little more mature, mm-hmm. you know. And that's fine, yeah. Um, but they're still, they still have mass appeal, and they can still do their oldies, and people will freak out. Yes. You yeah. know, that's like, like Billy Joel. Billy Joel has... Loyalty that will outlive him by fifty years. You know, easily. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. awesome. <laughs> you can say that with Don John, um, Kiss. Really, Kiss is like very, like a very weird band for me now because um, 
I don't know if you noticed, but they, but they, um, you know, it's Peter, um, Gene and Paul, you know, are the original Kiss, right? Mm-hmm. So they are denying that that um, Peter and Ace are in the band and just focus on Eric and Tommy, which I don't agree, you know, because I don't know if you, you know, you understand what I'm saying, but when you don't have the original band with you now, it seems like the music you make now suffers from that. You know, you don't have the chemistry that you once did, you know. Right. And Foo Fighters, right. Foo Fighters have, have, have more members now than they ever did back then. You know, they got like mm-hmm. five. Yeah. They started with three, you know. Yeah, um, you find that, you find that, uh, uh, that situation, for lack of a better word, with, uh, reunions when bands try to get back together. Yeah, yeah and sometimes. It works. Yeah, sometimes. they're they're yeah. yeah they're lucky to get through cutting their first album without killing each other. You know, right, right, or their first tour. Um, yeah. Before oh, there was one other guy I wanted to ask you about. I'm trying to get these. I cannot adjust these glasses. Stefano May, Stefano May, you turned me yes. on to him. He's, uh, he's a great, great singer. Oh my, he's unbelievable, you know. And he's such yeah. a nice, he's such a down to earth dude, you know. He's he's very like humble and nice, and the most easiest person to talk to, you know. Is he like an A lister, a B lister? Where's he at in in the music world right now? Uh, he's not in the in any three media. That's what you're talking about. Um, okay, so. Our podcast is is mainly um, meant for people who are not um, out in the media or out in the public eye right now. Um, Because I like to help everybody, you know. And I want to see everybody successful also, you know. And if you don't know about, you know, Stefano May or or Fry, you you would never know about them, you know. Because the media hides great music to promote music, you know. Yeah, he's really talented. I like I like oh, his yeah. sound. Yeah, it seems like it seems like he'd be a shoe in. It seems like any record producer when I have that sound, right? You know. Yeah. So I I I hope he is successful. Oh, I um, yeah. We spoke a little bit about the direction you're going. Uh, you said that that you uh, you have you have an ambition to have a studio and to have a production group, have people. A team yes. of people, right? Um, take me on that timeline from right here. Where where do you see yourself building toward that? Five years. Five years. Five years. No, yeah. Um, okay. it takes a long it takes a long a long time to to um get the money you need, build a building, or or into the building you think it's feasible, and then you add all these other elements, you know. Um, yeah, but five years from now we'll be my my main goal, you know, yeah, for sure. That's a good goal. I it, I think it, at the rate you're going, your growth, the the net you've cast out there, I I think you're going to be you're going to be a uh, a going concern inside well inside of five years. Well, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, yeah, because um, a lot of people don't know. Like, okay, so. So we've been doing this thing for three years now. You know, we started in February 2020 where, you know, the pandemic was right. running around. There's nothing mm-hmm. to do. So I started out to Blake and he said, yeah, let's do this. Because him and I are at home just like everybody else, you know, in COVID times. Um, yeah, but it's a while to build up your brand first. And then you branch out and uh, and do things you really want to do, well, you know, with brand. Well, I, I, you got a good brand. You've got a good concept. You know, uh, I have to learn to do uh, what you've done in terms of casting that net. Right now, I'm on Substack. Okay. I need to. I have a Rumble account. I haven't. I haven't pushed anything over there yet, and I'm on YouTube. Yeah. But I know there's guys out there. They're on Spotify, Apple, Amazon. You know. Yeah. Yep. And. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to invest that time. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll do two weeks of 
best of videos and just put them out while I work. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, make a make a make a collage or something. I've actually thought about doing that with uh, people who who uh, who we've interviewed in the past. You know, because I have a YouTube channel also. It's when words film music speaks on YouTube. But um, yeah, but I thought about compiling you know the best of best of interviews for our interviews and uh mm-hmm. and 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 work shows. And just compile it and uh, put it on YouTube and see what happens, you know. Oh, YouTube it'll be good. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. If you, as I pick apart those interviews, you guys have a lot of fun, which we do. I think that's huge. Uh, if if if, uh, if the podcasters are enjoying themselves, right, the listener's going to smile. The listener's going to enjoy. You know, you could be talking about the quality of toilet paper. If everybody's getting a good laugh out of it, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's. Yeah. It's it's fun to listen to. I listen to podcasts when I walk. And yeah. if if the if the podcaster, whether he's by himself or with people, if they're having a good time, uh they're really passionate, it's good it's good content. It's good content every time. Yeah. You know. Well see, I get you, you guys so have excited. that space. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because I get so excited about our podcast because um there are uh, a few days where I want to do nothing, you know, because I have clinically, um, I have depression, you know, and like I said before, I never want anybody to go through what I do when I do when I have depression. But when I have a, like interview or talking to Blake about music, man, that 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 just makes my whole day better, you know. Yeah, because it's you, you got that well, red well, light cue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the light comes on and you're like, I'm here. Boom. I'm done. Yeah, because uh. I don't know. It's it's so weird because I can't tell you what it does to my to my brain or or my my um I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't know why like it 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 motivates me so much, you know. But it does, you know. Uh, hence, when words fail, music speaks, and it does, you know. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. I absolutely do agree. There are there were times I've done public speaking. A little yeah. bit. And during that time, I was also working, you know, eight, 10, 12 hours a day sometimes, and then doing a gig. And I would walk on my ankles into that gig. But as soon as it was time to talk, thing, it felt mm, yeah. great. Felt natural, you didn't know? it? Yeah. That was awesome. And then after yeah. I collapsed, but I mean, you know, while I was doing yeah. my thing, you know, it was just, it was so much fun. All right. right. Non-musical question. You, uh, you, you said you, uh, spent some time in the Philippines. Yes, I did. Old enough to remember it or were you really little? I remember some of it, not all of it. Yeah. Um, I was either six to seven years old. Um, my dad's a retired colonel in the Air Force, you know, right. full board colonel. So he got stationed to the Philippines. I think it's Manila Air Force Base. Am I right, Manila? Uh, I'm familiar with Clark. Clark, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Clark Air Force. Yeah, Clark. I'm sorry, I'm just mixed up the things. Yeah, but uh, he was. Yeah, but he was um 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 in Clark Air Force Base for about two to three years, and I remember that we were uh, put on the Air Force Base. We had a house there. And we had two guards with guns surrounding the every, every night, you know, because yeah. Philippines back then you never know what was going to happen, you know. Yeah. So, um, my mom and dad had housemates and, and guards, you know. They taught me they they got they taught they taught me how to speak to to colleague, um, there, which I don't remember anything <laughs> from that language now, um, but they say that I knew it back in front, you know, so. Um, but yeah, I do remember going to school there. I do remember the guards. I remember the inside the house, but the whole house, house looks like I remember like every house we lived in, you know, all the floor plans and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but other than other than the house and the guards and school, I don't I don't remember anything else. Okay, I was just I was curious. I almost retired. Yeah, there. right. We, uh, we kicked around a lot of ideas, my wife and I, and 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 the PI was one of them. Yeah, I imagine you guys were out of there before Penatubo blew, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that yeah. was yeah. that destroyed yeah. the Air Force Base. It wrecked yeah. planes and buildings. Yeah, because and... yeah, they came back in '86, I, I, I think. I don't oh, know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You were out. Yeah. And it was it was shortly after that we left the PI anyway. No more Americans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And now and now they're inviting us back. Mm. We're we're yeah. in we're in negotiations right now with the Philippines to reestablish a presence, and also I think maybe Vietnam. Nice. Okay. Which would be yeah. ironic. Life <laughs> coming full circle. You know. Yeah. But there's a lot of lot of terrible things going on over there right now, so they got to be. My dad, ready. my dad was in the Vietnam War, and he, you know, obviously he doesn't like about it. But um, I think he was a soldier there. I'm not sure, but but what? but he used to so he used to fly out of like like jump out of planes yeah. and stuff, and, you know. Go, yeah. There was, it was just one funny funny story that uh. That when he was parachuting down, he almost parachuted in an electrical box, and he almost electrocuted himself. So, if you fell like two feet to the right, you know, no more dead. So, wow. I'm glad. He, yeah, yeah, because yeah, he had a lot of stories. Because uh, the funny story he told me was he was training to be a helicopter pilot. You know, mm-hmm. and and he flew and he and he brought his helicopter up and flew it backwards. When all these helicopters were, were coming in for landing, he flew it towards them backwards. So he so, so, so was like, nope, you got to land this, dude. You know, so that was a fun, <laughs> real funny story. But he, he was almost a helicopter pilot for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to uh, uh, work with a bunch of Air Force PJs. Yeah. And man, the stories. Right. Just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, great stories. Yeah. Half the stuff I can't even talk about. I think it's all still classified, but we used to shoot the shit about yeah. it in the skiff all day. Yeah, because uh, it's it's funny you you, you mentioned that because every time um asked, me and my sister asked him, you know, hey, what do you do? You know, the uh, the obvious thing he said was, I gotta I gotta kill you if I tell you. You know, no, no, you know. So, but uh, yeah, but um. I know that because he was in the intelligence field, and I know it has to do with missiles and bombing. But that's all I know, right. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, but <clears throat> military people are are super secretive, and they and and they're and they're required not to tell anybody what they do, even even under like this bit, they can't, you know, inform mm-hmm. us what they do, which is fair, you know. I'm so sorry. Sometimes, what was that? Which is fair because sometimes they go through the hardest choices of life, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's that's harder, and so and I don't know, you know. So yeah, I did an interview with Robin Bartlett last week, and he's got a book out. I didn't I didn't get into too much detail because I wanted people to read the book, but he saw more shit in seven months than most of us to see in three lifetimes, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he was he was in country DMZ nineteen sixty eight in Vietnam. I mean. That's the crappiest year you can possibly have, you know? You're right. Yeah. But listen, man, that was awesome. Uh, As as I continue on my musical journey into alternative, Mm. which I've never listened to. Right. And country. Uh, I'd like to have you back. I'd like to. I'd like to come back and and, you know I'll I'll build a, a library of groups we can talk about. That'd be great. Okay. I do have a question for you, though. I do have sure. a question for you, Cass. <laughs> so I always ask 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 my interviewers, and I'm sure you've heard it because you heard you the the prior session. Um, what is one song that that you can hear, either an artist, an album, or a CD that you can hear but can't tell anybody how it makes you feel? Uh, what what is my favorite album? You're saying. No, no, no. What is a song, an album, or an artist that you can listen to right now that you can't tell me or your husband or your wife or your son how it makes you feel deep inside your soul? Oh. Because this is the the hardest question I ask all my interviewers. They're always. It really is. It really is. There is a song that, that punches me in the stomach every time I hear it. Yeah, and in, yeah. in 
it, it may sound kind of goofy to you when I tell you, but uh, Jackson Brown owed to the roadie. Okay. Yeah. That was really popular back when I was, I was like a 23 year old father of four. And yeah. I would either hitchhike or when I finally got a vehicle, I would drive from Norfolk to Philly. Right. Every time I had a chance to go visit my kids, because we had my wife and I had split up. Yeah, okay. And I would stay, I would stay on Sunday way too long. I mean, you know, really push the timeline on getting back to work on Monday. Right. But invariably on that ride back to Norfolk, when I was feeling as bad as you could feel, Ode to the Roadie came on. And I like the song. I love the sound of the song. Yeah. But now whenever I hear it. It makes me think of goodbye. Oh, yeah. And goodbye yeah. to the kids. That's I've tried to sing along that with that song. Mm. I can't get halfway through it. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. I choke you up, choke, choke. Yep. Choke up. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but one of my main goals on this podcast is to Eric, interview Eric Church because his music just does the same thing to me, you know. I, I can't tell you how it makes me feel. And I just want to thank him for everything he's done, you know, for me. Not basically, you know, because I don't know the guy, you know. I don't I want to interview him. But um but the some Talladega and Round Here Buzz has got me got me through some hard times in my life right now. And so mm-hmm. you know, so I just want to you know, um tell him how you know how much you mean to me and uh he's a great artist too, you know. So yeah, but I but I totally understand how it made you choked up because there's one song and then uh, and then uh um called uh santa beam this up by the by the dead dead santa beam the up and that's you, you just, you just broke up on that you you broke up on on that uh on a, the okay. name of the album i think or the name of the song okay yeah so the name of the song is called santa beam us up okay yeah, okay. And that's a song by the Dead Deads, right? And that song always reminds me of my Uncle Mike. Um, he passed away from some years back. But in that song, it, it said in the year of '94, snow's coming, snow's coming down and everything. And every Christmas time, we always went to some South Carolina, you know, because that's where my dad's family lives. Right, right. And we always went to my Uncle Mike's house, you know. Oh, snow. We had because my granddad lived here, um, and we always um, went to the cops camp, is what we called it. You know, we always went to his house. Yeah. And for some reason, I can't get through that song without thinking about him. And, you know, now he's gone. So it's kind of harder for me to do, you know, because mm-hmm. every time I listen to the song, I'm, I'm in tears to swallow. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's a very good song, too. So, yeah. Yeah, there, so. there are a lot. I mean, the the uh the Jackson Brown song is the one that pops into my head right now, but there right. are there are songs that literally transport me. Yes, absolutely. You know, um, a couple of Queen songs, you know, some of some of yeah. Queen's work is really good. Um, and I think that that cuts to, I said, work and discipline. There is a yeah. lot of work in Queen. Mm. That that whole group, the work they do to create that noise that they make, yeah. it's amazing. Awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're one of the uh, one of the people bands that that really captures the spirit of of music in general. You know, not a lot of people can capture that that essence uh, that they have. Well, I mean, I, I I mean, I saw their their um. Their biopic, you know, you know the 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 Queen movie, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. thought that was, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of weird, you know. But I mean, with with biopics, you you never gonna get the real truth, you know. But I yeah. thought, it, yeah, yeah, but I thought that was good for what it was for sure. Yeah, know? but that the biopic on Queen, the one the one that they did, uh, I forget his name, the guy who played Freddie. Was the Marine in the Marine movie the yeah. year before? He was Freddie. Yeah, he was. He was. He was. I never saw anybody nail a part so good. No, no, yeah. But, awesome. uh, but that that was just a great collection of music, you know. Um, and 
well, you'll, you'll, that's another one of those groups that there'll never be another group like that. No, you never. know, they, they nailed a sector of music that, well, just, you cannot, you can't replace it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. On that note, I'm going to sign off. Thanks for being with us, everybody. And, uh, be sure to hit that share button. Be sure to tell everybody about James being on the P4B. And Matt didn't say a political word the whole show. Yeah. I don't know much about political stuff. So, so I kind of steer away because I don't like talking about political stuff, you know. So, you my know. my son won't come on because I'm political. <laughs> he won't yeah, come on at all. So, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm, cause I'm like, I don't know much about it. I'm not going to talk about it. So, you know. Sports, religion, and music. I mean, and um, and political. It's like yeah. the three notes for me, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, but this but, is good. I, but, I I promised the audience that they would get more than politics. And right. Yeah. Last yeah. week we did the Phillies preseason with a, a local buddy from back home. Yeah. And we have you on this week. I have uh, uh, the gritty hour coming, and he he's sometimes political, but he's he's more funny, you know. Yeah. So it, it it's it's I, I want it I want it to be fun, entertaining, and informative. Yes. And when something big breaks and I think, man, people have to hear about this. A lot of people listen to me and they think, oh, you know, he's coming, he's a wide-eyed conservative. And yeah. I am, but I try to keep my subject matter non-tribal. Because I think, okay, on this particular subject, people need to know about this. Whether they like it or not, right? Know? Yeah. So yeah. I put it out there, you know. Nice. And that's well, that's the meaning of the of the podcast. Nice, nice. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful, and I would love to come back <laughs> anytime. That would be great. Like, It'd be great to have cold, you back so, again. Yeah. It sounds like hopefully you need a drink of water. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> I won't have the COVID. I might have COVID. I don't know. That's good. It's good that I'm here and not, not with you, you know. Yeah. So, well, I James, I appreciate the hell out of it, man. And you be good. And we'll see you again real soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for joining the P4B. If you're a freebie, please support all our sponsors and hit all the buttons below the audio line.